Welcome to Victory GP. We're excited you've joined us, and we hope you're impacted and inspired by today's message. You know, often we go on missions trips and we think we're going to change the world. But here's the truth. You are changed. People say, why wouldn't you just take the money that you spend on your airfare and everything and just send it over there to somebody else and not go yourself? It's because God needs you over there to change you. You know, in missions, it's never about the money. It never is. It's never about the money. It's about our hearts. And God just saying, and touching our hearts and saying, you know, I want you to do this or I want you to do that. We have people here from all over the world that have left homelands, families, and loved ones to obey God. And I, 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 this church is just filled with amazing, amazing people. I want you to give yourself a clap this morning, would you? Just give yourself a clap. Amen. Now, I threatened that I would uh, preach my red heifer uh, message this Sunday. And I was thinking about it, almost pondered it, and I thought, no, the timing's not right. So I'll put it away again for another 14 years. I just, I knew I'd scared you there, Pastor Sean. <laughs> oh, my. Well, my heart's just full this morning. It really is. It's so full. Um, God is, is doing so many things, and he's so good. And uh, I'm around people that love Jesus. I mean, where could we be that would be better than this than to be with people that love Jesus? Amen. But then to go out from this place and love the people that don't know him yet is absolutely critical. And uh, that's been my heart. I think most of my Christian life, it seems that God afflicted me with that when I got saved, that I would never be satisfied with just my own salvation. That I would never be satisfied with just God meeting my needs. But that God would use me to help meet the needs of many others. Amen. I believe that the cloud of witnesses, and I've shared this before, that we meet when we come into heaven will be the people that we touched while we were here on earth. Amen. And they'll say thank you as you come through the gates. Amen. But this morning I'm going to talk a little bit about the kingdom of God and missions. The kingdom of God and missions, inseparable. They're inseparable. And I want to read from Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, just a very common scripture again that we read and even maybe pray it every day. In the New King James Version, it says, In this manner, therefore pray, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. So number one, the kingdom of God is the key to missions, which is portrayed in the early church and all through Jesus's ministry. Right from the beginning. Amen. The kingdom of God is the key to missions. If you are born again here today, God has placed a mission within your heart. You know, the word mission isn't even found in the Bible. Have you looked lately? 
<laughs> it actually is a word uh, from the Bible uh, that would mean to send. Has the same connotations as mission. Or the word apostle, sent one with credentials, is the same, very similar to the word missionary or sent one. And you're going to see by the time I'm done today that each and every one of us have got that send on the inside of us. If Jesus is there, you have a send in your heart. Amen. So the Passion Translation in Matthew 6.10, it says this, Manifest your kingdom realm and cause your every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled in heaven. So God is on a mission. He is wanting to fulfill on the earth everything that he has fulfilled in heaven already before his return. So there's a lot of work to do, would you say? Amen. And this is the same kingdom talk that God used when he commissioned us in the very first place. Adam and Eve is a good place to start. Genesis 1.28. Then God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth. We've done a pretty good job of that, haven't we? Amen. Fill the earth with what? Fill the earth with the same thing that he said in Matthew 6, my kingdom in the earth as it is in heaven. Do you realize that he commissioned Adam and Eve to do that when he put them on the earth? Wow. So it goes on to say, it says, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth with my kingdom and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air and over every living thing that moves on the earth. My gosh. He's given us incredible authority, hasn't he? To establish his kingdom on the earth. Now, it's very important in this word dominion, and I've heard this taught in different ways, but we have not actually been given dominion over each other. (laughs) It's very important to see that. And so when somebody's dominating you, they've got this scripture wrong. Amen? Husbands, you don't dominate your wives. You lead your wives by example, loving example. Amen? And there's no place in the scripture where God has given us the right to dominate people. We lead people. That's what shepherds do. They lead their sheep. Amen? And so that's very important. But I love that. That was a great commission to Adam and Eve. To establish the kingdom of God on the earth as it is in heaven. Never saw that before. So this was the great commission to the first humans on the earth. A mission call to establish God's kingdom on the earth as it was in heaven. But isn't it interesting too that Adam and Eve failed at their mission in establishing that kingdom? They started it, but sin stopped it and stalled it out. Isn't it interesting? Everything that God wants to do in our lives will meet opposition. If you're not meeting any opposition in in, in your life, it might be because you're in tune with opposition. Amen? You might be following the wrong person. Now, if you're, 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 you're having some opposition, it's because you're going against the grain and somebody doesn't like it. Amen? So, Ab and Eve, in a very sure way, they, they failed at bringing the kingdom of God from heaven to the earth. How about David? And I could mention so many people in the Old Testament. He was a type of Christ. 
Jesus was seated, is seated on the throne of David. He had a very important position and place in the kingdom. But he actually failed in many ways to establish the kingdom of God on the earth. Solomon had one of the greatest natural kingdoms as a king on the earth. The richest, most wealthiest kingdom that ever came to the earth. But he failed in his mission to pass it on. And to establish the kingdom of God on the earth. As wise as he was, he failed. A thousand wives makes a difference as well. Somebody said once, could you imagine a thousand pantyhose in the bathroom? I can't even imagine one. Amen. <laughs> How about Israel? Wow, that was God's mission. Rose up Abraham, took him out of a land. He sent him. He was a, a sent one. Said, go to a place that you don't even know. So he did. He obeyed God. And that was the start of his send to establish the kingdom of God on the earth. Now, here's something interesting. I think God knew all along that none of these people would complete their mission. Aren't you glad that God still loves you even though you may not complete all the mission that he asked you to do? Do you realize that when you meet Jesus, he's going to say, thou good and faithful servant, you've been faithful in what? A few things. None of us in this room will ever be faithful to everything that God asks us to do. Now, that's not an excuse to do your own thing. But it should make us sharper to say, Lord, I don't want to miss my mission on the earth. Amen? And then he said, enter the joy of the Lord. Amen? I'll make you ruler over many things. Amen? And so, Israel failed to bring the kingdom of God to the earth. They were the earth's evangelists. And they were supposed to bring the kingdom to the earth. But what happened in the temple when Jesus went in and had to remove all of the money changers? It's because they went into there and they set up that room to sell things for sacrifice, which wasn't wrong. But you know where they set it up? They set it up in the room where the Gentiles were supposed to be able to come to the kingdom. See, God always had a plan for the Gentiles and not just for the Jews. But they had plugged that room up with money changers, and Jesus went in there and, and, and commanded them to all get out of there. And he said, this is a house of prayer. Get out of here. You've taken the place of the Gentiles that I've made provision for. Amen. So God always had a plan for not just the Jews, but the whole earth. But the Jews started getting comfortable in who they were, and they stopped looking past their own nose to the people that were lost around them. That's why I love the story of the Samaritan woman who was a half-breed, per se, Jew, and was hated by the normal Jews. And they weren't supposed to even be in that territory. They weren't supposed to go there, let alone in the middle of the day. But Jesus on his own, while his disciples were going out and getting food, Jesus goes into Samaria, into a forbidden place, and sits at a well with a woman who had five husbands. Now that is... That's scandal right there. But the longest conversation that Jesus had with anybody in the New Testament was with a woman with five men. And the one she was with, she wasn't married to. And he didn't beat her up. He loved her. You know, it's the goodness and love of God that leads us to repentance, not judgment and criticism. 
Amen? I'm so thankful that this church is a church that reaches out and loves people. Amen? I was just talking to Blair, and Blair goes out to the streets with his son, and he ministers there every week. He says, you can't believe the things that I see on the street. But thank God the kingdom of God is being established in the streets of Grand Prairie. Amen? Thank you to Deborah, amen, and others that are going out. And thank you to those of you that are going from street to street, from house to house, and praying over those streets and those homes, and saying, God, we're establishing God's kingdom here in this community. Amen? So Israel failed, and so many others that God sent in the Old Testament days that failed in their mission to establish the kingdom of God in the earth. So God did what? It's one of the parables of the vine dresser. They killed all the other people that the master sent and they, because they wanted the, vine, vine for the, the vineyard for themselves. So what did the father do? He sent his only son and he thought, they'll listen to my son. So God saved his son for last. And he said, I'll send my son They'll listen to him. What did they do to him? They killed him. Actually, our sin killed Jesus. So even God's plan to establish the kingdom of God in the earth through his own only son, in a sense, failed. But it didn't. Because Jesus imparted it to his disciples. And 12 disciples took the mission that Jesus had given them. And he commissioned them. In Matthew 28, 19, he said, go, I'm sending you. John 20, 21, as the Father has sent me, I send you. Now go. That's the heartbeat of God. Missions is the heartbeat of God. Reinhard Bonnke said, and I've said it many times, he said that a church that has no burden for the lost is lost itself. Each one of us in this room that has been born again has the heart of Jesus for mission. That's local missions. That's national missions, regional missions. And we're reaching out to the northern uh, communities. It's, it's international when we go out to other nations of the world and preach the gospel. Amen. Did you catch that last thought that I just gave you? You just touched the heartbeat of God. He saved his best for last. He sent his son. And then through his son, he commissioned us. The church today has been commissioned by Jesus Christ to do what no other people ever did. And that was to establish the kingdom of God on the earth before his return. What's that going to look like? It's going to look incredible. Amen? It's starting to look incredible. Wherever you go, there'll be people singing. Wherever you go, you'll see people praying for people. Wherever you go, you'll see people delivered from demons. Wherever you go, you'll see the dead being raised. The kingdom of God coming to the earth wherever we go. In Tim Hortons, wherever it is, the kingdom of God 
being established, even in McDonald's. I think God can even move there. God bless you, Apple, and all of you that work at McDonald's. God moves powerfully at McDonald's and at Walmart and at Rona. We had a young lady at Rona one time, and she was in this church, and she, one of our gals from the church here stopped her in Rona, and she was, seemed like she was afraid and all alone. And she asked her, how are you doing? She says, I'm not doing very well. And she was a stripper from outside of town, and the strip joint that she was supposed to be in had shut down, and so she was alone. She had no place to go. And she said, would you come to church? Would you come to victory? She said, sure, I'll come. So she came, and she gave her life to Jesus. See, the kingdom of God is wherever we are. Where's our mission? It's wherever we are. It's not complicated. It's not rocket science. Amen? It's wherever we are. Why are we planting churches all through Canada and around the world? Because that's the place, the granaries, to gather the grain, to train the grain, to nurture the grain, and resend it back out again. We're granaries, spiritual granaries. Amen? Gathering places to be equipped and then to be resent. Amen? And that's so important. So God sent his only son to come and do what no one else could do. Matthew 6.10, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That was the prayer that Jesus gave us. To establish his kingdom. You know, the first words of Jesus in Matthew 4, 17, the first words that he preached in the gospel, in the first book of the gospel, in his earthly ministry, from that time on, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent or turn, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand or is here. The kingdom of God is right here in this place. This is the portal. That's why you can feel the presence of God. Most people, when, if you're new in church today, a lot of people, when they first come to this church, they weep through the whole thing. Why? Because this is a portal to heaven. The kingdom of God has been established here. This is God's ground. This is God's place. Amen? And when we come into this place, you just walk in here and you just begin to, to wonder. I remember last Last Easter, I was in Edmonton at Saints Church, actually, on Easter Sunday. And I just walked into the place, and they were just having pre-service prayer before uh, the service started, and just a simple prayer. And the presence of God was so strong, and I just sat down. I began to weep in the presence of God. I thought, this is a portal. See, we're not the only church that's a portal. There's many churches right across our nation that are portals of the presence of God. Amen. Angels ascending and angels descending. God's presence in that place. Amen. And that's so awesome that we can be a part and, and have a church such as that. So Jesus was sent or he came to establish his father's kingdom on the earth. And that was his mission and still is today through his church and through his body. So the last one now is the church. And the church's number one goal and purpose is to establish God's kingdom on the earth. Matthew 6, it says this, seek first, what? So above all, constantly um, chase, and this is the passion version. So above all, constantly chase after the realm of God's kingdom and the, and the righteousness that proceeds from him. 
then all these things, less important things, will be given to you abundantly. Wow, less important things. The number one thing that Jesus says, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. You know, a lot of people are trying to be good or righteous before seeking him and seeking his kingdom. What happens when we place his kingdom first, we begin to change and be transformed and God's righteousness covers us. But if you're trying to be good enough, you never will be. Start seeking the kingdom, saying, God, how can I be a part of what you're, you're doing in your kingdom? And I believe as we seek his kingdom first, the righteousness automatically comes. And we get a revelation that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Jesus became sin for us, that we might become or be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? So we no longer live with a sin consciousness. You go where you focus. If you focus on your sin and your failure, that's where you'll always go. If you focus on God's righteousness and his kingdom, that's where you'll go. Amen? So important. So seeking and establishing the kingdom of God on the earth is our mission. John 3, 3, when Jesus was talking to Nicodemus, isn't that interesting? He said, Jesus answered and said to Nicodemus, most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, and that's born from above, he cannot see the kingdom of God. If you're here today and you have not accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior yet, you can't see the kingdom. You are blinded from it. The Bible says that there's scales still on your eyes that are blinding you and keeping you back from the kingdom. But the moment that you accept Jesus and put your faith in him and your trust, your eyes, spiritual eyes are opened and you see the kingdom. Amen. I don't know about you, but when I accepted Jesus, when Jerry was there with me in 1979, I walked outside and I looked up into the stars. I've never seen the stars so bright. Amen. Everything I looked at seemed like it was brand new. Something happened. Something was removed from my eyes. I was looking different than I've ever looked before. And that's what happens when you become born again. And some of you will have that opportunity after I'm done. So really being born again is just the starting place for all of us. Amen? In order to see the kingdom of God. Being born again is just the starting place. But this is where a lot of Christians stop. Jesus only referred to being born again in the whole Bible once. Do you know how many times he made references to the kingdom of God? 152 times in the New Testament alone. Can you see where our focus needs to be? Amen. We need to get beyond the baby stage. We need to get beyond the diapers. We need to grow up in our Christian walk and be discipled. That's why Jesus said, don't go making converts. He said, go and make disciples. Those who have removed the diapers. And start establishing my kingdom in the earth. Amen? That's our mission, wherever we go. I remember standing, and I've shared this before too. I have to be careful when I come to this church because I shared a lot of these things already. <laughs> and I can hear people say, oh, there goes pastor again. He's sharing all those old stories again. But I was standing in a tin shed just on the other side of the border from Kenya in, in, in Uganda. And uh, kind of a funny place because there's a lot of 
things that go on in those border crossings. But I was preaching in that tin shack and the power of God was there and it was hot. The sun was just beating down on that tin, tin roof and it was pretty low and we were just cooking in that place. But the power of God was there. And demons started manifesting in people. We're casting out demons and, and people started getting healed. And, and uh, I had this thought while I was standing there, this is the kingdom. This is the kingdom. We come here to bring the kingdom to this dark place on the border between Kenya and Uganda. And it felt so powerful. You felt like holy smoke. You know what the holy smoke is? This is old too. The smoke that's left over after the rapture. But if you don't believe in a rapture, you won't even see the smoke. So Jesus only referred to being born again once in the whole New Testament. Being born again is vital and the starting place for everyone who will be saved. But the core of Jesus' message is the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven. Born again once, kingdom of God 152 times. So where should this church and every church put its emphasis on establishing the kingdom? In your children's ministry. Kids filled with the Holy Ghost and born again. Amen? In your youth ministry. Dave, you're doing a great job in the young adults ministry as well. Amen? And the youth ministries and all the ministries of the church here. Establishing the kingdom of God. Not just giving them a place to sit on Sunday and a place to depend on you, but teaching them to be dependent on God so that you could send them anywhere in the world and they would change that place. We're not born again just to go to heaven. And that's wonderful. Going to heaven is a great thing. Or to just go to church till I do go to heaven. And I want to say this. A lot of Christians, that's all their Christianity is. I got born again. Hallelujah. Whenever they give their testimony, oh, I got born again. Wonderful. Have you ever done anything else? You know, the truth is, being born again had nothing to do with you. It had everything to do with Jesus. Amen? Amen? Now, what are you doing since you were born again? Are you establishing the kingdom? Are you, have you been discipled and are you making disciples? Being born again is just the starting blocks of your salvation. It's important because that's going to get you into heaven. But what about what God wants us to do on the earth? Let my kingdom come on earth and my will be done on earth as it is in heaven. That's the commission that the church has in this hour. That is our mission, wherever we do it. Amen? So we are born again to bring God's, and establish God's kingdom on the earth. And this is our mission. This is why we weren't zapped by lightning and taken to heaven when we were born again. If God didn't have a mission for us, the moment you accepted Jesus, you dropped dead on the floor and go to heaven. If going to heaven was the only thing that we were born again for, then why are we here? Hello? Why are we here? Why are churches just full, singing songs, but not doing anything? This church is a church on fire. This church is doing something. Victory Churches of Canada has a mission. They understand this. 
It's not good enough that we save, this, this group is saved, but our city needs salvation. Our region needs salvation. Our north needs salvation. The nations of the world need salvation. When was the last time any one of you prayed, Lord, I will go wherever you send me. Wherever you need your kingdom established, send me there. I dare you to pray that prayer. And put that alongside your retirement plan. I've changed retirement to transition. We don't retire as Christians. We transition. We slow down a bit as we get older, but we transition into different things. Amen? And that's so important to understand that as born-again believers. I've been in churches where people get up and let's have a testimony time. And always the testimony is, oh, I got saved. Well, what have you done since then? Amen? Salvation is what God did for us. The kingdom is what we're doing for God. Amen. So this is our mission. This is why we weren't zapped when we got born again. Going to heaven is completely God's part through Jesus Christ. Our part and mission is to bring God's kingdom to the earth. If I go to Tim's this afternoon, I'm going to pray and ask the Lord, Lord, how can I bring your kingdom here? I'll pray for the sick, I'll cast out the devils, and I'll share the kingdom of God there. You can do it anywhere. Anywhere. So why are so many believers bored and don't know what to do with their life? You know, some people go for the bigger car, the bigger house, and that's all great. It's awesome that we can have cars and houses and those kinds of things. But if that's the extent of the measure of your Christianity, it's shallow. You know, we talk about prosperity gospel. Well, I think prosperity gospel is when all you ever talk about is what you own. But the question is, who owns you? Does God have the control of your bank account, control of your house, control of your car? If he doesn't, he's not the Lord of your life. He may be your savior and you'll go to heaven. But is he your Lord? Amen. So those are all wonderful things to have. But I'll tell you what, the most bored Christians I know are people that have a lot of stuff but aren't really doing anything for God. No mission. You know, a man just died. You might not even know him. His name was Lauren Cunningham. He was born in June 30th, 1935. And some years ago, he was with the Assemblies of God in, in the United States. And he saw in the summertime, he saw youth all over the place bored. In, 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 you know, skateboard parks. And there's nothing wrong with skateboard parks. But youth everywhere doing nothing. Bored. And you know what bored youth do? They get into trouble. And that's what I did when I was a youth. I used to race through brooks down back alleys and knock over every garbage can I could see. Smash, bang, boom, just flying all over the place. Imagine that, stealing crab apples out of everybody's backyards, Jason. Yeah. But we were bored. We needed something to do. Stealing purple gas and getting caught by purple peat. Oh, it was so dumb. You know, I, I, we got some gas from this place and, and the police was there. And I said, I'm so glad that that was orange gas. So he got out his little sucker and he sucked it out. It was purple. We got a ticket. <laughs> Big mouth me, you know. 
But that's what people do when they're bored, when they don't know what to do, they get into trouble. Amen? Idle hands are dangerous and idle minds are dangerous. That's why we need a mission every day, starting with our prayer time, starting with reading the word, doing what we can do so that God can do what he wants to do. Amen? Not preparing messages, but becoming a message. Jesus never prepared a message. He was the message. And he wants each one of us to become the message because we're so saturated in his word. Amen? We're so saturated in his word. So Lord Cunningham, born on June 30th, 1935, and he saw all these young people, young men and women all over the place, bored, doing nothing, getting into trouble. And God, he, I don't know if he prayed the prayer, but I'll bet he did. He probably said, Lord, God, what can I do? How could you use me to establish your kingdom? And you know what God showed him? He showed him all the youth involved in missions. And Youth of the Missions was started by Lorne Cunningham, which became the largest mission-sending organization in the world. And they have gone, Jesus said, go to all nations and preach the gospel. They made it their mission. And Lori, you'll know this, who's been with missions, who's coming to Mexico with us. But uh, they prayed, Lord, send us to every nation of the world to preach the gospel. Do you realize that they have gone to every people's group and nation of the world and preached the gospel? Do you know that Jesus can come now? Because it's been preached to all the nations and then the end will come. Do you know another church that did that? Rick Warren's church, Saddleback in Southern California. They said, Lord, give us a mission bigger than this building. And they gave him a mission to reach people and send teams to every nation of the world. Rick Warren's church at Saddleback did that. Now he's released his pulpit. Somebody else has got it now. And their church has touched every nation of the world. See, if this is it, the walls determine who we are, we're finished. Or like the disciples said when they saw the temple, they said, what a beautiful place. This is awesome. We should just stay here and have pot blesses. <laughs> Every day. A pot bless a day. That's a good idea. No, it's not. Lauren Cunningham said, Lord, what could we do? We see the problems in Grand Prairie on the streets. Lord, what could we do? Show us your heart and we'll do it. You'll be amazed at what God will show you if you'll be honest enough with him and look past your bank accounts and cars and houses and say, God, none of this is worth anything to you. Show me what you want me to do and watch what God will do. We could transform the world just from this one church. If we would be honest enough with God to say, Lord, I'll go anywhere. I'll do anything you ask me to do because you're my Lord and not just my Savior. And because you're Lord, I want to do your will and not my own. Amen. He died on October 6th, 223. Just recently, he died at 88 years old. And he lived his dream. And he touched every nation of the world with the gospel of Jesus Christ. And who did he use? Bored young kids. Who did Dr. Yonggi Cho use in South Korea to build one of the largest churches in the world? He went completely against cultural norms and he used women to lead life groups. Yeah. 
And he built a church of a million people. And he touched the world. I was in back in the backwoods in Kenya, in a jungle somewhere. And I'm going through the jungle and open a place up. And there's a Korean there. I said, where'd you come from? Well, you came from Korea. I was sent here by Dr. Cho's church. Who at the time had almost 500 missionaries. All paid for by the church in all the nations of the world. What a vision. Amen. Somebody said this, when you get to the ends of the earth, what are you going to find? A victory church. <laughs> Amen. A victory church will be there. And people's lives will be transformed. Let me finish. So, Lauren Cunningham, if you saw that post on Pastor Dan Goddard's uh, Facebook post this morning, um, he pastors our Moose Jaw Victory Church. Everybody say Moose Jaw. I mean, who'd want to live in Moose Jaw? I wouldn't. But we have a victory church in Moose Jaw. I want you to know that. And hundreds of people are being saved. He just went to three services. He's getting ready to go to four. In Moose Jaw, Alberta. Ooh, Saskatchewan. See, I was just testing you. Testing you. Moose Jaw. Four services. And I love the post that he put up there. He said his daughter, Michaela, who was in a Christian school and raised in a Christian school there in Moose Jaw, she is a young lady, and when she was a little girl, she said, I want to be a missionary in Africa. And so she talked, she went and spoke at her Christian school the other day, and she says, I'm going to Africa as a missionary. Now here's the deal. Not all of us are asked to go to Africa. But where's God asking you to go? Where's God asking me to go? And this young woman, I'm guessing in her early 20s, Michaela, says, Dad, Mom, how would you feel as a parent? And I've said this from the pulpit at, time, at once before too. I would rather have my children go to the mission field in obedience to God and even be martyred than stay home and do nothing. The truth is, I want to say this, those are not your children. You've been a steward for the Lord to raise them to go out and establish his kingdom. Not just sit in a mall or in a skate park, but to actually go out and change the world. Jesus was 12 years old when he was in the temple with the Pharisees and Sadducees. And you know why they were sad, you see? Because they didn't believe in the resurrection. There was other reasons they were sad too, but there's Jesus. See, I got to be careful when I tell all these jokes because I can just see Pastor Charlotte, you know, oh, he's told that one before. So it's hard to preach in this church for me. But there's Jesus at 12 years old teaching them about the kingdom. So parents, get ready to release your children. Start praying, Lord, I will send you my children wherever you want them to go. I will not hold them back. Why are kids taking drugs and dying of all kinds of things? Because they have no mission. Parents, we need to model the kingdom for our children. They need to see our passion. Like Michaela has seen her dad, Pastor Dan's passion. And she says, I'm going to go and change the world. I've seen my dad do it. I can do it too.
Our children need a purpose. They need a mission to give their lives for. Our young people will do that. Why do young people go and fight wars? Why did young farm kids go and enlist at 15 years old for the First and Second World Wars? Because there was a purpose to go for and even die for if they had to. And they lied about their age to go. I don't think that's a lie to God, though. To obey Him. What are we willing to lay our lives down for? These soldiers that have gone for us at 15 and 16 years old to die for their country? You get the heart? Do you feel that? God's asking us. It's got to be a heart thing. It can't just be mechanics. It's got to be a heart thing. Amen? So because they're waiting, because people are waiting to go to heaven and are trying to be good enough to make it there, that's where a lot of Christians are stuck. I don't feel like I'm good enough. I don't think God can use me. Who said that? God said to Adam, who said that? Who said you were naked? Who said you weren't worthy? Who said I couldn't use you? What about the young man with no arms and legs that's winning thousands of people to the Lord all around the world, tried to commit suicide as a teenager because he hated himself with no arms and legs. Now he's married to a beautiful girl and having children and preaching the gospel all over the world. He's using what he has. Here's the question. Are we using what we have? Or are we making excuses to God why he can't use us? Like Moses did. I can't speak. He said, what do you mean? I put the tongue in your mouth. Amen? So that's not our purpose or mission, just to sit around waiting to go to heaven. And I believe that's the greatest challenge to the church today. Too many Christians are, are waiting to go to heaven. But they don't know their mission. Amen? So being born again is the only the starting point. It's not the end. The goal is, is assessing the authority of the kingdom of God. John 3, 5, it says, enter the kingdom. It talks about entering the kingdom. It says that you must be born again to enter the, or no, it isn't. It's actually, I'm going to go there. John chapter 3, I used John 3, 3 earlier. But John 3, 5, just want to read that to you. And it's an important one because this is another degree that we go to. So John 3, 3, when he was talking to Nicodemus, he said, most assuredly, I say unto you, Nicodemus, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Now go down to verse 5. So that's seeing the kingdom. Many Christians can see the kingdom, but they're not doing the works of the kingdom yet. It's like meeting your wife for the first time. You see her or your husband, but you have to marry them before you actually know them and enter into a covenant with them. So verse 5 talks about that. It says, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot, look at the word, enter the kingdom of God. So one of them is seeing the kingdom, but the second one is entering the kingdom. To enter the kingdom is through the water. Now, you can interpret that in different ways. That could be baptism. Um, it it's also refers to being born as a human being. And of the Spirit. Here's where the baptism of the Holy Spirit is so important. Jesus never even sent his disciples out from Jerusalem until they all were endued with power from on high. 
If the church is not endued with power from on high, it cannot enter into the workings of the kingdom. It can only observe them. It can only observe the works of the kingdom, but it can't enter into them. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons, and doing everything that God has called us to do. To be prophetic, to have words of wisdom, words of knowledge, and flow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. You must be filled with the Holy Spirit. So that's not a suggestion, it's a command. Amen? And Victory Churches are spirit-filled churches. Five-fold spirit-filled churches. We believe in all the ministries of the Holy Spirit, and we encourage them. So Adam gave up this authority when he sinned in the Garden of Eden. Jesus restored this when he gave his life and rose from the dead. Jesus' whole life demonstrates what we can uh, be like and what we can do when we enter a relationship with him and bringing the kingdom of God of heaven to the earth. It's our privilege. Let's stop complaining about how hard it is to be a Christian. And let's start thanking God for the privilege of making us his sons and daughters. Amen. It will change your whole trajectory of your life if you start doing that. Oh, poor me. Oh, my. You know, and again, I've said this many times. The only one who shows up at a pity party is who? The devil. It's the only one that ever does. God will never show up at a pity party in your life. He will wait till you believe again. I would have lost heart, Psalms 27, 13 and 14, unless I had believed that I would see the goodness of God in the land of the living. You must believe. You must have faith. The thief on the cross said, remember me. Jesus said, you'll be in paradise with me today. There's got to be faith. There's got to be belief. In order for God to move without it, it's impossible to please God. So it's our privilege and responsibility as sons and daughters of God and kingdom citizens. I like that. I've got a passport for Canada, but really my true passport is the heavenly one. Hallelujah. You know, the Holy Ghost doesn't need a passport. Amen. But we are kingdom citizens. To bring this life to the earth in Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God is not food or drink or natural things that we focus on natural things, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. Churches that reject the power of the Holy Spirit reject the kingdom of God. And that's why they stall out. And that's why all the hair in those churches are gray and there's no young people. Amen? God help them. So there's, no, so there's no hopelessness or poverty or sickness or lack. This is the joy and wisdom and life and purpose. This is what we represent and release in our families, our community, by being encouraging, relieving for, and speaking healing where there's a need for it. And when we see lack, believing for prosperity to meet that need, wisdom where wisdom is needed. That's what people of the kingdom do. This is the kingdom of God on earth. This is our mission. So we still have bad days. We do. We have days when we have a bad mood. Amen. Anybody ever had a bad day? Amen. Jan always says every dog has their day. And we do. I want to finish with this. John 20. In verse 21. I said it once already. 
As the Father has sent me, so I send you. So I send you. Very important. Let's say that together. So as the Father has sent me, so I send you. Say it this way. As the Father sent Jesus, the Father is sending me to establish his kingdom and his will in the earth. Father, I'll go wherever you ask me to go. Father, I'll say whatever you ask me to say. Father, I will be whoever you ask me to be. Father, I will give whatever you ask me to give. In Jesus' name. That's a dangerous prayer. Hallelujah. That's why I keep my Africa shirt on because I'm ready to go. <laughs> Hallelujah. Maybe, and I'm going to leave that open. We're taking probably eight to ten people to Rwanda and Bukavu, DR Congo in November of 224. And if you want a life, a changing experience, you'll want to come on that one. Amen. Luke 17. 20 through 21. But I love what Pastor Charlotte's saying about going from house to house. That's where it begins. It starts right here in your neighborhood. This church has a responsibility to transform the whole area around this place and establish God's kingdom here. Amen? It's the mandate. Luke 17, 20. Thanks, Rex. It says, Now when he had asked but was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come. He answered them and said, the kingdom of God does not come from observation, nor will they say, see here or see there. For indeed, the kingdom of God is where? It's within you. It's within you. If you're born again, the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven is within you. I'm excited about going to heaven, but you know what I'm more excited about? Seeing his kingdom here on earth. I'm more excited about that. I'm more excited about people coming to Christ, people being healed just from our shadow, transforming nations. I'm excited about that. That gets me up in the morning and keeps me up at night. Amen. And not just going to church on Sunday morning. Thank God we have churches like this to go to. But your vision's too small if this is your Christian experience. It's way too small. Start asking God. Ask. At Psalms chapter 2, it says, Ask of me and I will give you the nations and the heathen as an inheritance. God doesn't answer many of our prayers because they're too small. He will only answer prayers that will require faith to fulfill. So Father, I thank you for this incredible group of people, this incredible church, birthed in revival, birthed in the Holy Spirit, birthed in kingdom of God principles, 
And thank you, Father, where this church has already touched not only Grand Prairie, but the North, the nation, and the nations. That many more will go out from this place, not only to Grand Prairie, but the surrounding areas, to the nations of the world. Father, I thank you that in this last day you said that you would pour out your Spirit upon all flesh. That people would have dreams and visions. People would prophesy. Young people, old people would dream dreams. Lord, this is the time that your scriptures are speaking of, even now. I ask, Father, that you would give dreams and visions to those who may not hear you in the day, give them, speak to them at night. Show them things that they've never seen before about the purpose that you have for them, the dream, the mission. People that are in business that God, you want to use to be kingdom givers in the last day. Multi-billionaires. God, give them those witty ideas and inventions in Jesus' name. Thank you for those who will go and thank you for those who need to stay. Bless them equally, Lord. We thank you for each one and we give you the praise today. Thanks again for listening to this message from Victory Church Grand Prairie. You can stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube by using at Victory Church GP. If you have any questions, would like to access our online resources, or would like to sow into this ministry, you can visit us at www.victorygp.com. You can also text to give. Just text 587-207-4387 and follow the prompting. Thanks again for joining us at Victory GP. Reach. Teach. Mobilize.